As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. To end 2021 here at The Athletic, we're talking to each of the North American Soccer Vertical's eight full-time staff writers about their favorite story of the year. Today, Meg Linehan discusses her story about how a meeting between Hollywood celebrities and the soccer world resulted in an NWSL expansion club known as Angel City FC. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, December 27th. But first, your TV guide for today. The main game to watch is in the Premier League, Newcastle United hosting Manchester United at 3 p.m. on USA Network. Okay, as I said at the intro, we're having everybody talk about our favorite stories today. Meg Linehan, you've done a couple huge, huge, huge stories this year. The first, obviously, being the investigation into Paul Riley, and another being your work with Pablo Maurer and others looking into the Washington spirit. Uh, we're not going to talk about either of those stories um, because, to be honest, listeners, that kind of encouraged Meg that she didn't have to <laughs> uh, because I feel like you've talked about both those other stories to death, uh, especially Paul Riley. Uh, so instead, you chose a piece you did back in March, which seems like five years ago, yes. about the formation <laughs> of Angel City FC. Uh, the headline on the story is called is uh, The Angel City Effect, Hollywood Stars and the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, unite to shape the NWSL. That'll be linked in the show notes. But Meg, I just want to start with a pretty basic question. Why did you pursue this story? What's the origin story? How did it all come together? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously I I was the one that broke um, the news that Angel City was coming into the league, right? So I've kind of been not on the ride since the beginning with them, but I think that there is kind of this big story behind how this team came to be like an expansion team is always I think pretty interesting from Mm -hmm. an NWSL point of view Angel City has obviously kind of been the more (laughs) dominant like news cycle um, of the two expansion teams just because of who is involved in leadership but I also think that there was something really interesting to just how this team really got formed because it was not a traditional soccer, you know, someone coming in with soccer experience and deciding the NWSL makes sense for me. Like it was just a very different story than what we are used to. 
And remind our listeners who all is involved in this ownership group, because I would lift them off myself, but I can't frankly remember all of them, <laughs> with the exception of Natalie oh. Portman, who's like the big, the big name right. at, the, at the very top. But there are others as well. Yeah, I mean, like, really, the heart of of the formation is Natalie Portman, um, right. actor, activist, all that good stuff. Not really a name that we need to spend a lot of time on, but also Karen Nortman, who is um, a VC person um, who has been super involved in Times Up. And then you have Julie Ehrman, uh, who is kind of this investor tech person, Um who is really kind of doing more of the day-to-day, you know, like she is president of the club. And then Alexis Ohanian is kind of like the end of the the core four, as I um, mentally refer to them. And, you know, founder of Reddit and um, Mr. Serena Williams, as we like to refer to him. Um, But also, you know, you have this huge kind of smaller ownership group that is also involved a whole bunch of former players someone like abby wambach julie fowdy you know that list kind of keeps going um plus a whole bunch of other celebrity tech tv you know vc people who have chosen to invest and that list gets really long and it also keeps expanding you know in further investment rounds they've brought in people like billy jean king for example so the list is is definitely an impressive one and it has always earned headlines. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that with a list of owners like that, which is, first of all, unprecedented in NWSL and arguably in a lot of sports, you don't often see like, you might see like a celebrity owner or two, but you don't often see like an entire roster uh, in in quite the same way. I would imagine that made things interesting, potentially very difficult as you're looking to find out information in terms of how exactly all these people got on board. Uh, what sort of yeah. roadblocks did you run into there? I mean, I was trying to interview Natalie Portman while she was in Australia filming Thor, <laughs> <laughs> which is really not a standard part of my job, right? right? So it was kind of really funny of, of kind of trying to deal with um, the folks who run the communications for what became Angel City, right? And trying to be like, hello, I need to talk to one of your founding investors who is filming a Marvel movie right now. Right. <laughs> so there was that element to it, but also just like there are a lot of folks involved, right? And um, I think it was really helpful that to know one of the main voices I really wanted in the story was a person like Angela Hughes, who is a former player and is someone who I've spoken to a lot. But I think, you know, before, as I was writing the story, she was really just on the investment side, but she has now actually gone to work for the club working, you know, in terms of like bringing resources for players. So her voice being a huge part of the story, I think has really shown um, her involvement in the club, but I think there was a good balance of okay, Natalie Portman <laughs> is in Australia filming Thor, Angela Hughes. I can just text and be like, "Hey, I would really like to talk to you for the story." So it was kind of two very different worlds. Quite, quite a, quite a range of, of communication <laughs> styles there. Uh, I, I actually remember being involved in the in some of the saga of trying to get Natalie Portman on the phone, and it was it's interesting. Hollywood Hollywood stars are a little different than than we're yeah. used to, and. In our, right. in our little soccer world. Um, in the course of reporting the story and writing it and, and kind of putting it all together, you know, I, I feel like you probably have an idea in your head about what 
the formation of an NWSL club is like, this the sort of steps that have to get get checked off uh, in order to become a team that's actually playing in the field and active in the league. Uh, Angel City is obviously different, so in, in some ways, but not in others. What in the course of reporting this story about the formation of this club surprised you? Like, what did you learn that you didn't expect uh, as you were talking to all these people? I mean, there were some parts of the formation itself that I think really did make sense. You know, you have the the potential owners going to a place like Portland, right, to to watch a Thorns game, which I think has been kind of the traditional like, oh, if you want to bring in potential investors, the way to sell them on this league is to bring them to Providence Park right. and let them watch a Thorns game. I will note, though, the game that Angel City <laughs> attended was the game where North Carolina Courage beat Portland Thorns 6-0. <laughs> so it was <laughs> a very weird game, I think, to be at. Oh, my. Um, which is still one of the things that kind of amuses me of it, it was probably not <laughs> the normal game to attend at Providence Park, sure. to say the least. Um, but I think it was also just, you know, the fact that there there was influence from someone like Alex Morgan, right? Where, you know, this really stemmed out of conversations that came from a space that was very not, and, you know, was not soccer related. You have a whole bunch of people who are like getting into soccer and then trying to figure out where do we fit and then you have people who are in the soccer world, in the women's soccer world specifically, someone like an Alex Morgan or Becca Rue, who is the executive director of the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association, who are trying to guide and steer them in a helpful direction. And ultimately, the direction that they get steered into is if you if you really want to make a mark on this space, it's not necessarily about equal pay or the U.S. National Team. The space where you could really change something is the NWSL. Yeah. And, you know, I think the intention of there's kind of this lunch meeting of Alex Morgan, Becca Rue and Natalie Portman, and and they kind of say that. And I don't know if they ever really thought like, oh, this is going to play out exactly how we kind of sold it. But that is pretty much what happened is, you know, Natalie Portman and Karen Nortman, which I know is confusing, but they're texting each other. And then the text hits of like, well, why don't we just get a team? And that's. Like, as an origin story, it is truly a wild one. Yeah, surprisingly simple. <laughs> Apparently, all you need to do is just decide to do it, and, and, then, and, then, and then it's done. Um, what kind of reaction did, did you get from this story, and how has this story developed? Obviously, you know, we wrote, you wrote this, and it was published back in March. A lot has happened since then. Angel City is now kind of starting to be a team that resembles a team. Um, yeah that might actually play games. Uh, so so what was the reaction to the story and how have things evolved with uh, the team since you since you published it? Yeah, I mean, I think Angel City, you know, the the narrative of this kind of like orange origin story, right, is really simple. And I think it has been more complicated because I think once you you go from intent to actual running team, right, there's a lot of actual logistics that have to happen. But I think there's also been, hasn't been like a perfect time with their ownership group. Like they have been through a struggle of needing to get rid of a potential investor because of behavior. And, you know, that's that's the risk that you're going to run with an ownership group that is that large. Um, so I think that, you know, the original reaction was just kind of like, okay, nice but also like they do eventually have to show that they can be a soccer team and that is pretty much where we're at now is you know expansion draft is happening players have been signed to the roster obviously Kristen Press as their first signing was a huge 
win because I think that was always the hope from the fan base that Kristen Press would be signed to Angel City. Getting a head coach, that was not without its own strange little drama as they had poached from within the league and there was kind of some some back and forth there. But, you know, I, I think in terms of Angel City, we're still kind of seeing the main fundamental tension of the team itself, which is the goal for them has always been more than just soccer, right? And I think the the tension comes in where the messaging kind of doesn't always land right of you can you can say more than soccer. And I think they have shown just with their approach to sponsorships, the fact that they can, like they are killing it on the sponsorship game, but there is always this community investment element brought back in. There is this tension that they are a brand first and the soccer is an afterthought. And so we're not really ever going to see how this plays out until they actually start playing games and we actually get a roster to evaluate and all that kind of stuff. But there is definitely, I think that has been kind of the big fundamental question of Angel City. And it is still kind of a question just in terms of where we're at. But they've had the the longest runway ever for an expansion team. And so I think it has been really interesting to see how that affects their approach because they were not really forced to make soccer decisions for a really long time knowing, okay, we're announcing, you know, at this point and we're not playing a game until 2022, we don't have to rush some of these soccer decisions. We can actually build the brand first and that's what they've prioritized. And I don't know if that's a bad thing. I guess we'll see how it plays out uh, in 2022 when they actually have to field the team and we'll see if they're, we'll see if they're any good. Um, Meg, one last question for you uh, before we all go on Christmas break uh, in as much as one can exist uh, in a sport that never stops. Uh, What is something that didn't make it into this story uh, that people should know Um, or that or maybe like an element or something that that you that you remember that isn't maybe explicit in the story that that people should know about the process of reporting or writing it or, or whatever? I mean, I think what was really interesting is as I was reporting this story, at the, and I know we said that we're not going to talk about the Paul Riley story, yeah. but what I think is really fascinating to me that I wasn't even really aware of at the time is how much Angel City and Angel City's entrance into the league was influencing players like Sinead Fairley and Mana Shim into their decision-making of trying to report what had happened to them. That's really interesting. Right? And so yeah. it, it really, like, there are kind of two parallel tracks of... of yeah information that's happening where Angel City comes in and to their credit, I think, really did show that there is this other potential path, right? Where where there is a leadership that is filled with women, that there is this kind of alternate for the NWL. And at the same time that I'm writing this story, you know, March, that's just about when all of the stuff with the anti-harassment policy is getting put into place with the NWL later that month. Mana Shim is trying to email the then commissioner of the NWSL to reopen an investigation. And the discussions I had with both Mana and Sinead, they point to Angel City as this kind of, I don't want to say a beacon, but just this alternate version of what a team could look like. And so I think that's been really interesting for me, especially the way that this year has gone, is, is Angel City perfect? No. But is there maybe this kind of alternate path for the NWL and the clubs of the NWL to walk where there is maybe potential for better? 
and for more player power because that is kind of a big Angel City has has kind of ruffled some feathers the wrong way in terms of trying to figure out how to make things better for players. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of the part where that really sticks out to me is is not even really knowing some of the other things that were happening at that same time, but then to have those two parallel tracks eventually finally meet within you know a matter of months, really, for me. Well, it's a developing story. It is not over the story of Angel City, the story of the NWSL, obviously, and certainly the story of Paul Riley and the Washington Spirit and all the work that you've done this year. Meg, excellent job on this and, and all those other stories. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you a bunch more next year in 2022. All right. Sounds good. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 33% off a year subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thanks for listening, and happy soccer to you all.